If you want to do weird sex shit, it's okay. Packing bowls and freeing souls from America's heartland. You're listening to Bowl After Bowl with Lorian and Spencer. Probably a dancer. It's true. Oh. Oh. <laughs> they banned this person from Facebook and YouTube. It is on, folks. It is on. It is on. He go crazy sex beat. And a bowl. That is all I require. One bottle of whiskey and one bowl. And I'll be ready to roll for a special Sunday event. You might know them as Bowls with Buds, and we're back at it for another one. This is episode 247 of Bowl After Bowl. And it's Sunday, May 28th, 2023. I'm Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. I'm Dame DeLorean. And joining us for his first bowl round, it is... I am thrilled to be in the bowl. Oh, yeah! And who the hell is it? It's Pfeiffer! There you go! Woo! Reverend Dr. Pfeiffer in the house. Hello, sir. Hey, how's it going, guys? It is going pretty damn good. Yeah, it's going great. Yeah. Um, obviously, we chilled in person a couple times, and uh, it's it's great to be on the show. Yes. Thanks for uh, coming on. I know it was kind of like an open thing where you were like, eh, pretty much whenever. And then I was like, how about now? <laughs> a holiday weekend. Let's, uh, yeah, let's just yeah. do it. Yeah, why not? Get it done. That's right. Get it out there. Get it out there. I've been like wall to wall running around doing stuff and things. I know. This month has been super busy. I, I, don't, I don't even know. It's you know May is usually not that crazy for me, but this one is calling pretty wild. Yeah. Let's give a shout out to uh, the Reverend uh, Cyber uh, Rev Cyber Trucker here. Just say it's a uh, Iron Maiden. Ooh, Iron That's Maiden! Right, That's a good one. That might be uh, the next May. Next May, you don't say. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, there's it. Oh my God! Oh, yeah. Get all the foamers going. Yeah, listen to that horn. The revs. Uh, shouts to the revs. Uh, you're rev yourself. What's the, uh, where, where does the rev title come from? Oh, well, the same exact place that uh, Rev Cybertrucker got his. Oh, nice. So it's like a universal life church. It's just an internet church. And um, I paid a little bit extra to get the uh, honorary doctorate of metaphysics. Oh, beauty. Ooh. But uh, I just really like the Reverend. I mean, okay, in a community that really likes fake titles. Totally. Um, you know, Reverend Doctor is a good one. I agree. I like <laughs> so. I agree. You can so, get your yeah. uh, own MSNBC show if you play your cards right with titles like that. Well, I don't think they'd have me. <laughs> you never know, man. It's a crazy world. They'd be have to be pretty desperate, you know. Only <laughs> getting crazier. 
Yeah, give them 10 years, they'll be pretty desperate. Ah, man. We have, you uh, mentioned, uh, kicked it a number of times in person. You are fellow Missouri smasher. Yeah, we've we've uh, definitely showed each other how much we suck at putt-putt golf. Yep. Yeah, the putt-putt was rough. We did play with uh, my kids, so that at least nobody, like, we didn't have to lose all the way. <laughs> yeah, we can just be like, yeah, let's just not take score. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, your kids are great. It was, it was really fun hanging out with you guys. It's a good time. Yeah, good they time. had fun hanging out with you, too. Doubt. No doubt. Baby fell asleep in your arms. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since I've held one of those. Little cozies. M- mine are in their teens, you know, oh, so. Oh, yeah. They don't actually like being touched much. <laughs> a little standoffish. A little bit, yeah. Just that age. Oh, man. I don't know if I'm looking forward to that or not. It's like, I feel like I'll have more time, but also, like, I guess it depends on what they're into. Are your kids, like, into a bunch of hobbies you got to take them to and stuff? No, um, they actually both started working fairly early. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, so um, my cousin owns a restaurant, and they both got jobs there, like, in their mid-teens. So, you know, my son still works, he's 18, and he still works at the restaurant, and then my daughter is 15, and she's, you know, a hostess and waitress at the, wait- the restaurant, too, um, which is awesome, because they're making their own money. Yes, you got it. And they're learning that, yeah, they're learning that value of money. Obviously, you know, around the house, like they're not paying bills, but uh, it it is nice to see them being self sufficient as an at an early age. Um, My daughter's fifteen, and she already owns her own car. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I like money though. Little Honda Civic, perfectly appropriate for a, a you know, little kid. Totally. That's a great first car. Yeah. I mean, like, it's it's weird. Like, I'm still dropping her off at school, right? So um, seeing, like, what some of the kids at her school are driving. Oh, yeah, I bet. What, like, are, what are they driving? Like, new cars? Yeah, like BMWs and shit. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. There's some wild-ass cars. Like, so um, the area of Springfield that her high school is... um. It, it like it, it covers a, a a wide variety of areas, but so it covers like my neighborhood, which is, gee, it's it's getting kind of weird, and then um, but it also covers like the neighborhood that like the people that own O'Reilly live in. Gotcha. Yeah. So <laughs> there's really a wide variety there. Big spread then. Yeah. I remember in my school, like almost everybody had a Chevy Cavalier. That was like the car. That was probably... Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Oh, or or like a Beretta. Remember the Berettas? Beretta, yeah. Yeah. I remember, like, the flex cars were like uh, a Mitsubishi Lancer one uh, guy had that was super proud of, or... uh, I saw uh, a Cherry Ford Probe the other day. (gasps) Ooh. When was the last time you saw a Ford Probe? I don't know. Man, those things all died. They all died. Yeah, it's an accident. This one was white with pink... uh, Pink stripes. So it's not only was it a Ford probe, it was like an obviously feminine <laughs> Ford probe. Ooh, excuse me. That's funny. Yeah, bless yeah, you, the, sir. The probes were like you'd always see the headlights just stop refuse to open eventually on those things. <laughs> yeah. I never understood why anybody would get like the blinking headlights that go up and down. It's just like eventually that's gonna fail. Yeah, my first car was a Nissan two forty SX. 
And it had the, uh, the the headlights that popped up and down. Nice. I had a Saturn uh, SC2. Oh, yeah. Manual. I remember those? I bought it at like 285,000 miles, and I blew the engine out at like 292. <laughs> <laughs> you got your... So how much did you pay for it? Uh, like $600. Okay, so you got your 7,000 miles out of it, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. Paid like 10 cents a mile or something like that. You know? Solid. My first car was a Plymouth Neon that I bought from my grandparents for $25. Whoa. Those were bad. Yeah. It, it outlasted uh, my high school years, and then I sold it to a girl when I moved to Missouri for college, and she, I think, totaled it in the first week of owning it. So you bought it for 25 uh, granted, from your grandparents, yeah. but you bought it for 25 bucks. Yep. What did you sell for? Mm, I think like 500 Ah. Good enough. Good Absolute enough. profit. Yep. It was a profit, exactly. Would it be 4, 8, 12, 16 to a 2,000% profit? Uh, something that like, sounds right something, to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> something like that. Sure. <laughs> Just yes. uh, a little bit of uh, mental math here. Hold on. Let me get my math uh, calculator out. <coughs> oh, shit. There we go. I did a show this morning, so, you know. You, know. you do the early show, man. The two-hour folk hour. With yeah, uh, um, dandy and, Mr. Rusty Apples. I absolutely love it, too. So I'm very interested to hear like how that all started out. We're big on origin stories here, and that's the first one I want to get at. How okay, so the origin folk of hour, the folk hour? Yeah. All right. Um, so uh, roughly a year ago, right? That's when No Agenda changed times. Oh, right. So they went from uh, starting at 11 a.m. Central... And they went to starting at uh, 1 p.m. Central. And Darren O'Neill, of course, does the rock and roll pre-show. Yep. So that used to start at 9 a.m. Central. Yep. And um, when the No Agenda changed the time for a few weeks, Darren tried to do a four-hour show. Ooh. And I don't don't know if you've ever done a four-hour show. Uh, I think once on accident. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Fletcher and I have covered, like, for his show once. Sorry, Rusty and I have covered for his show <laughs> once. <laughs> we don't even try anymore. Um, Rusty Fletcher's. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, but doing a four-hour show is not great. And then, um, so one of the weeks, uh, he actually had COVID. Mm. And Carolyn and, and John they filled in for him and that first two hours was really just a lot of like it really was a lot of folk and country requests nice and it was kind of fun and uh kind of got me thinking and just and um uh, the uh, see hog story had the post no agenda show that week and it was back when they were doing like the five minute limit yep so i called it and i I was just like you know i've been kind of thinking like maybe we should do like a maybe a pre a pre pre show and do more like bluegrassy folk music you know uh, uh, leading into the rock and roll pre show and uh Fletcher having done you know filled in for Darren O'Neill and done that show he was just like you know um I was having the same idea so it really went from idea to show in about a week killer yeah um and of course if it, if it had been just me it would have taken like a month and a half <laughs> right but because 
um, you know, John's already on the, on the stream. He already has the production credentials, all that stuff like that. Like it, it, it really just, yeah, it just went right in. Yes. I love and, it, uh, it just goes right in. <laughs> and in about two minutes before the first show, you know, he's just like, well, I'm going to do the show like this. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. And I'm like, all right, we're just going to do it like that. <laughs> but no, it's, it's been fantastic. You know, he's, he's a great guy. And uh, it's been a, a lot of fun doing the show. Totally. Yeah, he's very plugged in. Yeah. Um, it, it, and it, he's one of those guys that, like, if you click with him, you click with him. Yep. Yeah, I remember the first time we met him. Uh, it was like it was like we've known the guy for ages. First time yeah, meeting him, it was perfect. And you've got a birthday coming up. I do. But a uh, week and a half. I do. Yeah, that's another thing I've been running around preparing for. Sixty-nine, sixty-nine, dudes. Thirty-three, thirty-three, dudes. Thirty-three, turning thirty-three on six-nine. That's gonna be a magical time. Yeah, we're gonna put <laughs> it's gonna a awesome put a little bowling meet up together on uh, the 10th on Saturday the next day so I gotta wait till I'm actually 33 to roll <laughs> yeah we can talk offline I'll be there oh solid yeah cool. excellent eh? uh yeah I just need the deets we're gonna go uh, bowling near Uranus we're about to post, Uranus think, yes the uh, details of it I don't know how we're gonna exactly publish the details but uh maybe in show notes somewhere <laughs> Yeah, but uh, for anybody that doesn't really know, um, Uranus is a little, well, it's basically a strip mall outside of St. Robert, Missouri. Very nice. And um, it's it's pretty cool, and it used to be a strip club. Used to be? What's this used to be? Well, it's, well, they're trying to make it family pr- friendly, you know? Oh, I see. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I think I it's know. the same damn dude. When they st- when they start marketing Uranus to kids, uh, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, don't big know. old rocket ship and a dinosaur. <laughs> They're like, please, it's Uranus. <laughs> Uranus. Uranus, isn't that what? Uh, yeah, Schoolhouse Rock. They Uranus. solved it. They solved it all the way. But being like somebody who kind of grew up in the area, yeah, I remember it as being a strip club with a gun store right next door, oh, which is sweet. perfect for you. There I you mean, go. like, like I like, can't think of a. <laughs> it's my element. Right. Um, it came on my radar when we did our, um, it was a NA meetup in Joplin, okay. I believe, right? Was it Joplin or Springfield? Mm, the WKOP meetup? Uh, it was actually... Or Brandon's. Yeah. Uh, it was Brandon's meetup from the, uh, it was the Homesteaders, you know? Yeah. I think that was Springfield. And we were at a pizza place. I think that's right. It was in Springfield. But it was just like they did an NA meetup down there mm-hmm. that we showed up to. And uh, somehow they mentioned the Uranus Fudge Factory. And I was like, hmm? The huh? <laughs> no. Yeah. You said uh, there's a what? A guy I went to high school with was like, does like the marketing for them. And he was the guy that like in high school that was always working for like the public uh, TV station back when there were public TV stations. Ooh. Interesting. No, I, I've, I've got some weird Missouri stories. I like weird Missouri stories. Are you originally from Missouri? I am. I grew up in Rolla. Cool. So you flipped uh, sides of the state. Well, I was conceived in Springfield. Okay. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I grew up in Rolla. Interessante. Uh, southeast is the one quadrant I haven't been to of the state. Oh, the Mississippi side of Missouri. Yeah. I've driven through like... Uh, the southern reaches of 
the St. Louis Metro. So that to me doesn't really count still. Yeah. Um, like I would say Southeast Missouri driven through is pretty much my experience too. Yeah. I have a lot of uncharted Missouri travels. I got a lot of my, uh, I need to see. Yeah. My, my, uh, former wife, uh, was from Kentucky stock. So we drive through Southeast Missouri to get to Kentucky, but I've never really, you know, hung out there. Interesting. But yeah. it's not really, you know, the part of Missouri I like the best anyway. So Yeah, it's kind of like all of the life is right there on, on seventy. Yeah, seventy and I forty four too. Yeah. Um forty four, thirty five. I don't know as much about the uh eastern side of the state, but I have been, uh, occasioned over there to St. Louis and there's like I lived in Columbia for eight years, and right. in yeah. Columbia, there's like a huge contingent of Quincy people. Illinois. Uh, from Quincy, Qu- Illinois? Yeah, Quincy, yeah. Illinois. It's like barely on the other side of the state line. And so they're like technically Illinoisans, but they feel like Missourians, but they also fuck with Iowa. It's like a really weird spot. And I'm like, yeah. well, how are there's, there's just like all these fucking Quincy, this is like a big Quincy gang in <laughs> in uh, Columbia. I feel like if you grew up in like in Southern Illinois, you kind of wish you were from Missouri. That sounds right. That sounds right. Or anywhere. As long as you're like, you have to be like aware enough of Missouri to wish you were from here. People who are like, ugh, Missouri. Just like, I think it's just a lack of knowledge and exposure, which it's, is great. It's one thing I do like about Missouri is that we're not ruled by the biggest cities in the in the state. Yeah. So like, well, they get, it seems like they get pissed off about it, right? Right, they they want to flex more control, but they're both like the two biggest cities are border cities, right? And then the capital is right in the middle, like equidistant between them. So I don't know; it kind of balances the power, I think, really well. And they're well, they're properly gerrymandered, you know, so they can't like flex too much power in the state. Yep. But you know, every time our stupid attorney general or the last one or the last one or the last one does something. No, they're getting mad. Oh, yeah. Upsetting. But what are you going to do? It is Missouri still. Can't just what you do it. is just like go on and live your fucking life. Exactly. There you yep. go. I mean, the city is regulated <laughs> to shit, and that's where you live, so just quit bitching. Right. Yeah. Um, I was talking with the, uh, the well, you've met her, the gal, the other, uh, the other day. And I live in a part of Springfield where almost everything I need is within about four or five blocks. Oh, sick. Yeah, and so she's like, so you live in a 15-minute city is what you're saying. <laughs> Uh-oh. I was like, well, I mean, I chose to live here. Sure. Like, nobody's telling me I can't use my car or anything like that. Yeah. Like, I chose to live in a place where everything is convenient to me. That's how uh, I three was. three gas stations, you know, a package store. I've got a Walmart neighborhood market. I've got a dispensary now. I mean, come on. There you go. How's that going? How's uh, legalization looking in uh, Springfield? Well, not good. Yeah? In the fact that they're they're already, uh, as Lorian covered in a recent um, Bull After Bull, Springfield is is definitely looking at taxing more. Yep, they're licking their lips for that double dip, huh? They just hit us with the city and county stuff. Yeah, so they're looking at... So it's been kind of cool so far. Um, Sorry, I just really just ate my mic oh, um, okay. <laughs> um it's been kind of cool so far like it's been nice getting a, v- a variety of products yeah that's the cool thing it's like 
there's so many different options once legalization hits you're looking around like holy shit i never like i can get weed soda this is great exactly yeah but also like just the the bureaucracy about it it really makes me want to go back to growing there's so many extra steps that's the part that bums me out and extra fees and money and even if like i don't think like anything happens i don't like having my id scanned I agree. Exactly. It is definitely a turnoff. Yeah, it's like, I, I don't care, like, whatever, I don't care, but, like, I don't like it. There's some guys doing CBD stuff here, and it's, like, full weed, but it tests as CBD at the right moment, <laughs> which is fucking excellent. It's, like, the best nice. of both worlds. And they don't so, do the uh, ID scan. Yeah, they don't do the taxes, they don't do anything. Because it's, uh, ha- it's him, ha- right? <laughs> yeah, 50 state legal. Have you guys dip your toes into the dispensaries at all? I've not yet officially even looked around at one yet. Yeah, it's, well, it's that's not true. You went to a grand opening of one. Oh, I guess you're technically right. Yeah. yeah. So it's like we've been in one, but. Um, yeah, it was mainly to look around. I guess I was, yeah. There was a time where I was courting them for a position as a bud tender. Gotcha. And then I had an interview that I thought went pretty well. Um but the owner then like had a, another interview where I talked to his kind of like lieutenant or whatever, like his guy who was like the manager of the two shops that I might be working at. And then, you know, we talked and it was great. And then he was like, yeah, just uh, hit me up for a follow up. And I texted him three different times and like never heard back. They just straight up ghosted me. So I was like, oh, fuck. Sure. It's like, I'm not uh, going to beg you for a fucking dispensary job, dude. <laughs> you know? Yeah, don't get high on your own supply, too. No. Like, text people back. Yeah. Now I'm, like, making twice what I would have made there, so. Yeah. It's and all so, good. It was like... How's uh, teach, teaching been? Like, te- do you enjoy it? I love it. I love it. I feel like uh, it's one of those things that I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually, yeah, I concur completely. Like, just watching you, like, help people uh, on board with the uh the ln wallets and stuff like that yeah it's been a lot of fun like just watching like and i've learned like a shitload yeah i like just from listening to you talking to other people and just doing your cocaine shit stain stuff i appreciate that yeah we try to make it like i don't know my philosophy is like this stuff should not be that inaccessible um there is like a barrier to entry with some wild terms and just like weird things you have to wrap your brain around. But once you know what the words mean and once you've like gotten in the car and driven, right? Like we always talk about, right. Uh, it all starts to kind of come together and make sense. So, um, that's what we tried to stress is just like, I think that on the side of people who are technically inclined, Mm. there's this tendency to like really get easily frustrated and like, um, kind of shrug off new people who don't really understand what you're talking about. And then for the new people, there's this tendency to be intimidated by people talking about stuff and just be like, I don't know what any of this is and I never will be able to. And we really try to focus on bridging that gap and just being like, look, we're not like Einstein's over here by any stretch of the imagination. We're just simple. I think you sell your, I mean, while you may not be a developer, like I think you sell yourself a little short there. That may be true, and I don't know. It may be part of a part of the strategy, but it's like I really think that this stuff is more accessible to an average person than than people first expect. And they the the thought is like, 
oh, since there, if there's any frustration points at all, then the average person can't do it. And, and my philosophy is like, well, you've got to, you've got to fail at a couple of things or you got to like, you know, get stuck in a couple of spots in order to learn anything. If you're going to actually learn a skill that's like not obvious or inherent, you know, I would agree with that. I think it's sort of a problem with the culture that we've sort of developed around smartphones Mm -hmm. and that if it's not easy, it's not going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, granted I haven't like built my own node yet, but, um, if like, um, I don't know if I would have like just dipped into any of this without you guys. It's just being like, Hey, it's, it's totally cool. Just like get into it. Yeah. You know, grab yourself a, an Albi wallet. What's beautiful with lightning it's is so easy. you can yeah. start small, like tiny, small, you know, you can like throw nickels around at first. Right. And it's like fine, you know, and it's like, Oh, what am I going to do if I lose all five of my nickels? You know, like, right. Like, uh, my, uh, my, my, uh, shit. Um, breeze wallet, my, my breeze wallet, (laughs) my breeze wallet. I lost a, so like my channels haven't worked for like a month Uh or two. And so I've got like 20 bucks sitting over in breeze. I'm just like, well, whatever, you know? (laughs) Yes. Breeze is a funny one. It's like if you don't regularly use it, then they'll kind of idle your node or close the channels that are to you. And then, yeah, yeah, it's like ugh, that must be so um, cumbersome to have everybody running their own node within your system. I mean, that's that's what I was thinking, because just the maintenance of my own node and then you've got everyone, all the users. Yeah, and they're like just-in-time or on-the-fly channels that Breeze makes and opens up to you. So it's like, that is the constant tug-of-war right now in Lightning. It's like, there's this side that wants to make it easy enough for the people who want it stupid easy, and then there's this side that wants it uh, to be like self-custody and self-sovereignty. And so Breeze has done an awesome job of like focusing on both but that means that they take on all the extra work that's involved in making both uh, a reality. Mm. Yeah. And I don't really know who to talk to about that so mm. far. And obviously I've got other wallets, so I don't really care. But <laughs> if you hook up with Roy, he's usually on uh, really active on Telegram. And I know the Telegram gets a lot of shade, but uh, if you... Uh, talk to people on there that talked back to you on certain subjects. There's just like, there's that's where people are for certain things. So I know, technically I have it. a telegram, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I mainly focus on the, uh, the, uh, the Fediverse really. Yeah. That's a it's good spot. kind of the, the only thing I have, like I really do anymore. I wonder if Roy is on the Fetty. I bet he has a account on there that he just never uses. That'd be my guest. That would just be my off the top of my head. guess. <laughs> Uh, looks like there's a Breeze bot that just, uh, grabs what's on Twitter and spits it out. Yeah. And then I don't see Roy anywhere. Yeah, man. But, uh, yeah, I mean, starting around 2021, I really kind of abandoned most of the major social media platforms. Nice. You actually, uh, you ever miss it? (laughs) I really don't. You ever like get not invited to family shit just because they forget that you're not on there? I just don't know any of the details. Right. Um, so yeah, they, they do all the, the family stuff like on, on Facebook or right. whatever. And yep. then, so I, like I have to kind of get it filtered through my mom. Oh uh, yeah, sure. But, 
uh, you know, it's just boomer shit, really. Yeah. I know. It's so legacy now. Facebook. Ugh. But that, I mean, that's, a, I guess, it really kind of gets into um, the, the question that I know is happening. Which is? The no agenda question. Oh, yeah. How, how did I get in? How did you first get hit in the mouth? Your origin so, story. Yep. Um, so it's kind of weird to talk about this because it's, there's like the facts and there's like what was going on at the time as well. Like how I felt. Okay. Um, so we're talking about January, 2021. And, um, so a great time. <laughs> it was, it boy, was the we were worst also, of times. It was the worst of times. We were all so happy at the time. <laughs> no. Um, so I was still, I think I would, I would call like at the time that Reddit would be, would have been my major social network. Okay. And so I was on a subreddit called No New Normal. I don't know if you ever saw that one. Uh-uh. So um, it, was, it, it was a subreddit where uh, it was basically like COVID response skepticism. Sure. So you can imagine it didn't last long. Yeah, it mm. got banhammered probably pretty quickly. Got, yeah, yeah. But it was like the big one. And um, somebody uh, posted a thread just like, hey, you know, what are some other resources? And one person had said, hey, there's this podcast, No Agenda. Nice. So that was kind of in my subconscious, I guess. Okay. Because I'd seen it. And it was the very next day that um, Sir Greg Carlwood posted his interview with, with, um, with, with Adam, with Adam oh, Curry. Very nice. Okay. So it was kind of like a synchronicity. It was like, it just kind of popped up at the same time. And, uh, so I listened to that and I was like, well, yeah, I'll give this no agenda listen. So I, I did spend a few, you know, I listened to it for a few weeks and then Adam does a good job of mentioning like the troll room. Sure. And, and the no agenda social and things like that. So, you know, I did start listening live. And as I think most of your, excuse me, as most of your guests say, um, once you kind of start listening live and uh, joining along in the troll room and no agenda social, like you're in. Yes. That is when you Uh, truly get uh, magnetized into the cult. (laughs) (laughs) It's not even a cult. It's, I mean, it's, well, I won't say that. It's not but, it's um, not a cult, but it's not a cult. It's like a it's a healthy cult, right? But it's 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 weird like, you know, January 2021 at a time when basically you're you're told that you can't hang out with your friends. Yes. Um that you can start you know joining in the troll room, no agenda social, and for me it was just I just slid right in. Yeah. Yeah, I mean like oh this guy's been here forever. No, I haven't. Just a month. <laughs> it's, like, it's like you belong. Well, yeah, and it's it's a good, um, it's a really good place to find people that, even if you don't agree with them, that you get along with. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, like there's a lot of people I follow on No Agenda Social. Well, I'm, I'll just call it No Agenda Social, but like you know the Fediverse. Sure. There's a lot of people I follow on the Fediverse that I do not agree with. Yeah. A lot of them, I think, have really kind of shitty opinions. Totally. Yep. And, but I don't block them. Nope. I don't exclude them from my feed. Like, it's, it's, it's important to be exposed to opinions that you don't agree with. 
Totally. And, and you can it, p- practice dunking. <laughs> <laughs> there's just like that, a, there's like a certain shit threshold where if you're if your poor opinion arises to like higher on the shit scale than maybe it's like an eight, then I just can't resist and I'll have to poke the bear. Like if you advocate, I don't know, for like uh global government to bully all the countries into believing what you believe and not believing what anyone else believes and then I just have to dunk. Uh, that's, yeah, usually, a, that's usually the only time where I'm like, eh. I don't, I don't dunk. I just walk away usually, you know, that's cause you're smarter than me. <laughs> well, I just don't like getting too, uh, like, I don't want to ruin my day. Basically. I don't want to ruin my day. Just like I'm going to fight with some idiot on the internet all day. No. Oh yeah, yeah. You can't. Like I've you got, definitely let, can't let it go all day. Yeah, I've got way more like important shit to do. No, it but, makes uh, it makes sense. No, it's a great place though. It's like most of most of us can just allow each other to be like weird in different ways, you know. Yeah. No, I, I definitely like to troll people though. Oh, totally. Every now yeah. and then. And if somebody says something like especially retarded, I'll probably call them a retard. Just like part of it, you know. I mean, we got banned on the same thread, so not banned. We got blocked by JCD on the same. Oh yeah, <laughs> same well, thread. You know, when it's one of the pack, then the wolf kind of gets a little crazy. But whatever. Yep. But what do I know, man? I'm just one guy. Just one. Just one guy. Cool, cool guy. Oh, there's that bowl. Hey, there's a good one. There you go. Where's that bowl kicking in? That's a dumb place to keep bowls. <coughs> yeah. No shit. Crap! My bongjo is in the other room. Tell me about the bongjo. Okay. Because I've well, heard the story in person, but I think the bowlers would love to hear the origin of the bong joe. This is honestly one of the best examples of value for, for value I've experienced. Um, in that, you know, I was doing the folk hour, and then, you know, um, Dame Black Loca kind of just reached out, and she's like, um, what's your address? I was like, all oh, right, you know, because, like... I'm not doing this seriously. I don't have like a PO box or right. anything like that. Yep. You know, it's like, well, if uh, I guess if you're wanting to know my actual address, I'll give it to you. Yeah. And uh, so this box shows up. So I, I like I knew like Dame Black Loka Glassblower or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of thinking like you know she sent me a little a little bowl you know um, something like that. No, Dame Black Loka sent me a custom made bong that looks like a banjo and you know it's got like all the details and stuff like it's, it's, it's an amazing piece of work and uh i was truly set back by this um i was just like holy because i hadn't been doing the show that long to be honest yeah it was like a month or like two s- into it something like that i have six months maybe okay but um i remember it being relatively early for sure but um, uh, Rusty and I have, well, we've been fairly resistant of accepting value. I remember, Just because yeah. it seems a lot like work. Sure. <laughs> you know? So, um, we've been fairly resistant of that, but, uh, you know, she sent us these, these glass pieces that she'd custom made for us and they were, uh, it, they're just amazing. And there's no way, the only way I can really explain this is like, if you're playing a video game. And you get a, un- a unique legendary item. Yes. Yep. So all of a sudden it's just like, well, I've got a bong, Joe. The master bong. 
(laughs) Shit, I think I have that somewhere. But yeah, that was... And that's when I truly got value for value, by the way. Yeah, isn't that great, that uh, epiphany moment where you're like, oh, Jesus, this is... uh, this is not just dollars and cents. This is not like uh, nickels per clickle. Yeah. Um, you know, she liked the show enough that she made me a custom glass piece that was inspired by the show. And that was, it was just fantastic. It's like so fucking cool. There's, yeah. there's really not, I, I really just can't explain how that feels. There's something awesome as an, and an, as a, I don't know, like a creative individual or artist, if you want to, create something put art out there and another artist hears it likes it takes it makes art of theirs and like sends it back to you it's like holy shit yep exactly and it's yeah because it was like i mean it's glass blowing so it's literally a sweat off her brow mm-hmm. um I, don't, I mean you've been to silver dollar city i don't know if you've been to glass blowers but that you know that shop is hot oh yeah totally yeah i have i have been to steal your dollar city uh, for all four seasons one year, actually. Oh, nice. Did you get yourself a uh, season pass? Yeah, uh, we were like 12 and 10, my sister and I, I think. And uh, So, I'm what's sorry. going on with um, uh, theme parks in, in Kansas City? Is Worlds of Fun still doing a, doing a thing? Yeah, they're still just doing their thing. I mean, it's kind of, uh, it's like expensive as all shit, but they still just keep making it work. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I haven't been to Worlds of Fun in a long time. I think what keeps them cherry after all these years is the combined thing they've got with oceans of fun where you can just like do both right. all day yeah that's kind of how it is with like branson with uh silver dollar city and whitewater yeah and don't they have that third thing the carnival thing i don't even know they had just opened it when i went there it's like a, a clown corner celebration <laughs> county or some shit celebration like city i think it's closed by now celebration city okay yeah because yeah, that was, was the like one a- that was the one that was actually in town Yes, that's right. Yeah, and I do think that they have shuttered that at this point. That makes sense. They have I, the uh, the Titanic theme uh, theme thing now. Oh, really? Yeah. Lorian's never been to Branson. I always try to like describe it to her. I saw it in The Simpsons. <laughs> it's pretty good. Everything in The Simpsons is pretty good about it. Um, uh, I was showing her God. pictures of uh, Shoji Tabuchi's bathroom. <laughs> Because that was one of the most memorable things I saw in Branson. Granted, I was like 12 when I was there, but... Branson is absolutely wild. Because you could be like bored to tears, or you could have a great time. Yeah, it's all about uh, just getting into the Branson thing, or like, you know... Yeah, and if all else fails, you you have the lakes. Yep. Ride the ducks. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't recommend doing that. Oh, the lightning can't strike twice, man. Same place. (laughs) It wasn't lightning. It was uh, waves. I, yeah, I know. It was a fucking <laughs> real bad storm. Uh, Did you guys cover that story? I don't think so. When the ducks, uh, the ride the ducks disaster. No, we I were, don't think that made the lanes. We were aware of it. When did that actually go down? That might have been too early. We might have not even been doing lanes yet. It probably. Uh, it was probably while you guys were on hiatus. I think so. I think it's been like a long enough time. Like three or four years. Yeah. That sounds about right. But yeah, uh, the duck boat sank. Everybody died. And uh, it wasn't good. Basically, there was a red sky in the morning, but the sailor did not take warning. And then... Uh, exactly. 
Yeah, it was a bad deal. Bad a deal. bunch of people that couldn't swim. They still had a they're hard still time. doing their thing though, right? Um, I think they redesigned the boats and they're reopen like the reopening. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, Schlitterbahn reopened too. Oh, that was horrible. Oh, after that big ass slide. Yeah, that thing was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's super crazy. And I think what happened that was so weird about it was like. Uh, so for those who don't know about Schlitterbahn's a water park and they had like the tallest water slide or whatever and you'd go down this huge water slide on a basically a fat ass inflatable mattress and there was three riders on it and you know there's supposed to be height and weight stipulations and whatever well they put like an eight year old kid between two land whales and when they hit this hump they just went like too high they got airborne and for whatever reason the kid's head was too high and it hit the top of some low-hanging uh, structure and took his head clean off. Mm. We're always just like, I mean, any theme park is just basically like one accident away from being Action Park in New Jersey. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, I always think about the Bob's Burgers guy. <laughs> and, the, and the more fun the theme park is, the more likely it is you're going to die. Yeah, well, I mean, if there's no actual real risk, why why people would scream is beyond me. <laughs> <laughs> I have to uh, lay down on you my origin story, though, of All right. where, where you first came on my radar. And hang on. Um, oh, no, sorry. You were from, not Kearney. You're from? Yeah, yeah Kearney. Yeah, Kearney, Missouri. Yeah. Yep. Nailed it. Me and Jesse James. And that's about it. <laughs> we have a Kearney street here in Springfield, but it doesn't point at Kearney. It's the weirdest fucking thing. There's a lot of Carney streets in different towns that aren't Carney. It's really weird. I I always notice them, of course. And it makes me wonder if it's like a named person or Carney, Nebraska, which is quite lo- much, quite a bit larger, but still not that big. Yeah. Like a lot of people growing up, when I'd say I'm from Carney, they'd be like Nebraska, and I'd be like, <laughs> nope. So wait, I came onto your radar. You came onto wait, my radar. I I came onto what? You came. All over my radar, man. Who's going <laughs> to fix this thing? It's not insured. Uh, no, when, when the first time I uh, uh, really heard you fully, because uh, you were in our chat and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but then when you went on Behind the Schemes, that was like the really... Yeah, that was, you know, that was pretty much my debut. There's a lot of people I've chatted with in the chat room, you know what I mean? But like... When then you hear uh, somebody speaking, it's kind of a, a deeper layer, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's funny, too, because a lot of the chat room stuff, like, I'm reading it in the voice that I make up for, you know, whatever. And um, when somebody speaks on the mic, then you're getting their voice and inflection and delivery and everything, you know? Stuttering, uh, yeah. Exactly. All of it. <laughs> All of it. You don't get to like type and then delete and then type some more. Right. Can't say an emoji out loud. Like there's different stuff. Uh but you were laying down like all things uh Jack Parsons. Absolutely, yeah. And uh it was just a really cool episode. I remember just being into it because it's kind of a, a a section of my wheelhouse too. And then you're on uh the the Fediverse, you're over on your own instance. Mm-hmm. at Crowley Club. So I'm interested to kind of hear the birth of your uh, Crowley and maybe your esoteric uh, experience, how you got interested in all that. 
Um, sure. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I, based on the, the whole Reverend Doctor thing, obviously, like I do have an interest in spirituality. Gotcha. And ex- exploring spirituality. Sure. And it's it's kind of hard to get outside of mainstream Christianity yeah. without like starting to look at stuff like Crowley. Sure. Um, and <laughs> it's kind of one of those things where, you know, the... Uh, um, I would say especially so if you just stick to Western tradition stuff. Right, yeah. It's and, been so uh, fully dominated by uh, the Judeo-Christian thing. Exactly. And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really am interested in sort of that kind of thing. Um, I do like you know, looking into the. Uh, I wouldn't call myself a thelemite necessarily. Okay. But I do like looking into that kind of thing. Um, you know what? I'll just call myself a thelemite. You kind of almost did anyway. Yeah, I'll just call myself a thelemite um, because it's so broad. Sure. You can almost call yourself a Thelemite and do anything. That's the kind of wildness of the Judeo-Christian scene, and I think what um, is easy to miss is, like, the Judeo-Christian umbrella is so fucking big and wide and round. Uh, Almost everything has happened in the West under that umbrella. Yeah. And yet there's, like, a huge, huge diversity of thought and... uh, um, canon and beliefs and stuff within them because um all the members of it are trying to like disqualify other members but even things like uh christian science and uh mormonism and uh, a lot of those other things like are still under that that uh umbrella you know Mm -hmm. um so the, the 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 only law of thelema is like do what thou wilt should be the whole of the law. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really, really, really open. So you can absolutely be a Christian and also be a Thelemite. Sure, because it's um, what you will. <laughs> right. It's it's basically just about exploring who you are, and um, I think Crowley does a good job. Like, like I think he's a piece of shit. Like I'm not going to emulate Crowley in any sure. way. Yeah. Um. But he did have some good ideas. This is what I think about um, people who are like thought pioneers or um, psychological or philosophical leaders, especially when you're talking about a hundred years ago or more. Like, yeah, yeah, we have this uh, extra century of experience that we can draw upon and look back at this guy who didn't have it and go, wow, well, he was fucked. Right. But he made a lot of mistakes that don't have to be repeated now, you know, like we can learn from a lot of things. So I don't know. I, like, you don't have to like get power bottomed to, <laughs> uh, to achieve spiritual wisdom. Wait a second. What? Oh no. I mean, you can, if you want to, you have wasted a lot of, oh, I'm just kidding. Lauren, you ever throw one up Spencer? <laughs> oh no, no. Oh no, no. <laughs> uh, nothing power about it. I guess. <laughs> but no, uh, yeah. Uh, and obviously there's a lot of, when you talk about Crowley, there's a lot of, I mean, sex just comes into it. Yeah. And if there's any show that like, I feel comfortable like talking about sex on, it's this one. Well, yeah, it's a pretty, uh, a pretty well, safe, uh, what it was, safe space. 
Well, it's just one of those things. It's like of all the shows on the no agenda stream, like we don't really have one that talks about sex in a healthy way. This is true. Mm-hmm. This is true. Well, it's it's a very tough subject because uh, it really and we're kind of just deep in the mire of conservative people that don't talk about sex. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but also I, I, like uh, want to procreate, you know? Right. And, um, and that happens one way. <laughs> but I also think it's, it, it's important to, for people to know that if you feel a little bit freaky, that's okay. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, if you want to do weird sex shit, it's okay. We were talking about this the other day and it's like, uh, where the mainstream sexual uh, zeitgeist has gotten to, it's it's this weird thing where they're just trying to make everything right and good, and it just muddies the waters because we know that there's good and evil, or uh, you can do good or bad, you can do right uh, healthy things or harmful things, um, and what there's they're also like mean dev, uh, uh mean or median behaviors average behaviors baseline mm-hmm. regular behaviors and there are deviant behaviors right and so it's like all of the deviants are trying to be like hey we're not deviant and i'm like i think that's where all of all of the breakdown happens you know that's that's why the drag shows are now going to kids and shit like that's why we have all the problems we have it's like we can do deviant shit I'm, I'm, and have deviant behavior, but you have to recognize this what it is. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't really brush well with just the average person who is not deviant, who does hold to the uh, more conservative like path, you know? And they just want like uh, th- this demanding of praise and approval from, from everyone, no matter what, or else you're a bigot is just, uh, I think it's unrealistic and it's caused a lot of, uh, miscommunication at the very uh, least. I'm, tr- I'm trying to parse that. Hang on. Um, right. Like, I'm not really doing much of, of a better job at it, I don't think. Well, it's, it's culture war, war bullshit. Sure. And I don't yeah. think either of us really like dipping our toes nah. into that. Um, but definitely, like, if, you, if you're like a fully formed adult and you want somebody to throw a finger up your pooper... <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. It's kind of fun, actually. Right. Well, and it's also such a personal journey, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. It's, it's a tough line to walk because... Um, but there's a there's difference a- between exploring your own sexuality and then telling children it's okay to explore their sexuality right. in the same way. Yeah. And that's kind of like... I don't like getting into this culture war shit. <laughs> Yeah, but that's kind of where I draw the line. Sure, no, I I, I totally agree. There's another thing about you know uh, raising kids, and also being, you know, having a weed show, um, right? Yeah, and other stuff like, um, you know, I have my beliefs and live my way, and um, I teach my kids right from wrong, and everyone has to have this separation of everything, you know. Like, obviously, you're not passing joints to kids. Like, no, no. <laughs> Um, and there's just certain things that should have been obvious for so long that are now just constantly called into question. I think it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Everybody seems lost no matter where they happen to be lost wandering around, you know, like you could be a lost, 
Christian normie, you can be a lost uh, student with a mask on sitting somewhere in a classroom, you can be lost on your own weird spiritual journey path doing naked yoga in the jungle, you know, like (laughs) there's a lot of places to be lost and it just feels like um, there's not a lot of gaps being bridged in this uh, past decade or so of our American culture. Yeah. How do I explain it? It's almost like with the advent of social media, it's basically just like all the culture all the time, whether you want it or not. I could see it. Yeah. I, Which uh, is kind of like why I like the Fediverse, because like, uh, well, I mean, Lorian posted this morning at 4.20 a.m. Hell yeah. <laughs> was that scheduled or were you still awake? Yeah, I was scheduled. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, but if I hadn't woken up at, you know, sunrise at 6 a.m., yep. I wouldn't have seen it. Yeah, so definitely. So it's, 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 it's not like the, the algorithm where it's always just like the most controversial and... and exploitive things are in your face yes no it's true uh what's also true is we've had pins getting knocked down this whole time have we uh i don't know if you can hear him oh i can yeah and we got uh, mk ultra we got booberry i see him oh yeah you could see him over there because you're all hooked up with the uh split so pfeiffer's getting a split for this show uh and hey speak of the pins there's another one Um, that's my buddy yeah coming in mr fletch uh, the first one, I'm just going to catch up with what's uh, slapped the node so far. The first one came in from Harv Hat, 101 Sats, while we were just getting uh, started. Thanks, Harv Hat. He's coming in from CurioCaster. Uh, then we had 3333 from uh, Booberry over there, coming out of Fountain. He said, but how do I onboard my grandma? <laughs> we were just talking about well, that. Well, uh, uh, truth is, you don't. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about that at uh, the Bitcoin coffee thing, and there was like a new guy there, and there was also a few established guys who I don't know what is like the Bitcoin guys who that's their thing is the Bitcoin thing. I have like twenty weird hobbies, you know, and so I can always yeah. like I don't really have one that's super dominant. Like probably weed is on top, which is hilarious because it's <laughs> like weed LMAO, but yeah. Um, it's just the one that's kind of nest in the middle that's been there the longest that formed a lot of other stuff. So that's like, that's just how it happened for me. But uh, the Bitcoin guys who are like, Bitcoin is what I do outside of work. Um, they all have this same idea of like mass adoption, uh, hyper Bitcoinization, uh, everybody using Bitcoin, grandma's on Bitcoin, that kind of thing. How do we get, you know, how do we get norm, norm, normity onto Bitcoin? And I'm always like, dude, this is like the least fun topic for me to why like talk bother? about or try to solve or like even put effort into exactly why but like what do you need your uh ancestors on bitcoin for like it's all right you know they did like if somebody's already retired and they're getting a retirement check and they've done the whole finance thing right mm-hmm. then that's they're done there you know they're not going to switch a thing for a future the people with a more limited days left can't have this one of the things that uh, most of the same bitcoiners realize once they've been using it uh, more is this longer time preference right Jesus. it's yep. like a short it's like um, you're not living for tomorrow and the next day as much as like 30 and 50 years from now but right you know it's your, grandma, your grandma it's doesn't hobbling. have 30 and 50 years from now no so there's a 
part of that that she will never be able to obtain. And so when she goes, that doesn't make no sense. That's dumb for me. Like, it's true, you know? Like, Right. I don't know. It's, it's, like, so. there's really no need for them to adopt at this point. Yeah. And as Booberry would say on uh, onboarding your grandma. Yeah, can't. But I, I have, you know, through this show and, you know, the podcasting 2.0 and um, people basically demanding that... <laughs> That the folk hour gets a uh, podcasting 2.0 compliant. <laughs> yeah. Like they just really wanted to send us money. Will you take my fucking money? <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you, <laughs> didn't, much. you didn't hold out as long as Aaron or I think he's like coming around to uh, putting some mechanism up for that. And it's not hard to take people's money this way. No, it's not. You basically just turn it on and then it's coming in for the rest of whatever. But, you know, with the financial insecurity of the last couple of years, uh, you know, I've been coming around to alternative currency. Like, it's, it, yep. yeah, it's kind of great to use. No doubt. Like, even if I'm just, like, kind of shaking it out with my friends. Yeah. Like, it's kind of nice, that, like, to have that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so just, like, I know everybody hates, like, the the whole tip analogy, but, like, you know, just, like, oh, I like your show. Here's a couple... A thousand sats. Just kind of thing. the tip. So I actually haven't used it for physical goods yet. Unlike you, you know, I've been oh, paying sure. attention to you guys. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I haven't used it for physical goods yet, but uh, I would. That's like one especially of the, drugs. One of the first thing I ever used it for, uh, aside from losing a lot of it in poker matches, uh, was getting like weed and seeds and stuff. You know, like yeah. Oh, give me this. Give me that. And, but uh, it is kind of nice to just, like have that. It's it's so fast. Like the LN stuff, it's so fast, no doubt. And it just goes right to their wallet. And um, it, <laughs> you don't really care about like what the dollar value is. Yeah, it's more okay. Oh, well, seven 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 would be cool. Yeah, Let's do that. Uh, it's just numbers, uh, man. Pretty numbers. I'm Eleven, eight, twenty. You know, get that Missouri smash in exactly, yep. or uh, nine, 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 like Mary Kate Ultra hit us with twenty two right. minutes ago out of Fountain. Oh, thank you. Or, or like slaughtering a goat on on behind the schemes. Exactly, it's fun as shit. Sometimes, like I'll be at work and be like, "Work sucks. I'm going to slaughter a goat just for good, for some good karma." There you go, and just do it. You know, if you will it, man, it is no dream. <laughs> as above, so below. Uh, if you kill a goat in the chat room, it's it's killed in a spiritually or something yeah, like that on some know. plane in the green room is where I think it happens. Uh, Rev Doc in the flesh, by the way, was her boostergram. Uh, thank you, Mary Kate Ultra. Oh, and she Rev came. Doc. Uh, she came. She came right in uh, after that with a sixty-nine, sixty-nine, dudes. She would like to know. <laughs> she would like to know out of fountain. But how do I get Booberry's grandma to onboard all of us? Well, you don't want to know what happens at those old folks' homes. I'm wrong. Uh, yeah. Uh, Booberry might know, but will he tell? I don't know. I don't think so. The secret's safe with Booberry. Uh, who boosted in, by the way? One, three, three, six, nine. Ooh. 13369, uh, out of Fountain, he said, enjoys poetry, ripping fat rails, willing to take it for three days straight in the ass to talk with spirits. Hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> Booberry's in the Crowley Club. So <laughs> uh, he is Yep, Crowley Club. 
Uber, he's like, you don't have to be a power bottom. You must. There's a difference there. I mean, Parsons did all right, you know, without being a bottom, so. Yeah. There are many uh, paths to many lands, let's say. But yeah, I, I did uh, really enjoy doing the Parsons episode. It was a great one. Games. Yeah, yeah. If, if nobody has checked that out yet, I believe it was 99, right? Could, uh, 99, exactly, yeah. Look it up. Okay, 99. That's what I thought. 99 of behind the scenes. All these nines, man. Something's must be uh, going right. Lots of sixes and nines. I didn't quite hit that centennial episode, but... Ah, yeah, you were the warm-up. But yeah, it was... um, the stage for it. It's one of those things. uh, Actually, I think it was Midas. So he called into... I think he called into Hog Story. Ah. And it wasn't like the normal phone quality quality audio it was like good audio i was like how the hell is he getting good audio on this phone call and somebody's like oh he just called in on using google voice with his audio equipment i was just like i think i've got audio equipment up in my closet nice so i like yeah hooked it all up like i've got this 10 year old uh audio interface that it's got some uh vu meters on it like an actual vu meter okay like analog. It's got analog shit on it. Nice. I love that. For, for a USB thing. And um, so I just hooked that up. And basically, as soon as like I did that, like everything started happening for me here on like the no agenda stream. There you go. Yeah. Once, uh, once you call and you sound good, people are like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 I really want to work. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to thank them for that opportunity, uh, Lavish and Booberry, because, you know, that kind of, you know, got me really started. The most beautiful young people you've ever seen. For, like from being just some asshole in the troll room to, you know, being the Reverend Dr. Pfeiffer. There you go. Yeah, that was uh, a blessing for us all, I guess you would say. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course, we had uh, Sir TJ the Wrathful on this morning. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, it's, uh, it was our first real, like, interview show. Yeah, that's, which was it's awesome to be able to like get an artist in there and just kind of break down, kind of behind the the songs and behind you know the the story of the band and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he hit us up a, a few weeks ago and was just like, "Hey, you know, I I did I was playing in a family bluegrass band for like ten years, and I'm just like, we have to get you on the show. That's very cool. We yeah. have to get you on the show, and it really like I'm I'm very very happy with how it went. Yeah, it was killer. Yeah, we got some great like um his original music that he brought along with the stories. Yeah. Very, I'm very happy with that. Yeah. Without a doubt. And then, uh, uh, of course, Fletcher was doing the uh, music jams of poetry slams. That's right. He followed in a, and yeah. And, uh, I know DeLorean was on that. I was indeed. I heard your beautiful voice. You sounded wonderful. Oh, thank you. Yeah. The, um, yeah. He saved your song for last. That was cool. A little unveiling, but it was kind of nice. Like getting like, Basically a truckload of songs from Sir TJ. Mm-hmm. Because then Fletcher could use them for that show, too. Like, anything that we didn't use in the show, he could you know, pull into the music. It's not Fletcher, it's Rusty Apples. It's not the same person. Right. Uh, yeah. Rusty Which, emailed them to... Yeah, we we know how it goes down. Yeah, he he uh, he sent it via Squirrel Mail. Squirrel Mail. A popular choice amongst uh, no agendas. Well, you know, it's uh, it's just how we do things in the folk hour. We just, uh, we we don't have mail. We don't have mailman. We don't have email. We don't have anything like that. We just send stuff via squirrel, sometimes raccoon. There you go. 
Man, I had to chase some raccoons off my porch. Yeah, maybe Did they you? were bringing a message. Dang it. They were goddamn enormous, dude. I've, were they really? I've seen a lot yeah. of raccoons in my life, and I've never seen one these, this big, dude. They were fucking huge. Oh, Jesus. I don't have many raccoons around here, honestly. I've got more deer than raccoon. Oh, I get, we get deer. Uh, it's funny because we like live in the inner city, but we have right. deer, we have... Uh, Rabbits. Everything. Like all the woodland creatures, because we also live in the woods. It's like the city, but it, they built the city in a forest. So, I, I can. Uh, okay, so I live in the middle of Springfield too, right? Yeah, yep. Like right in the middle. Yep. Um, I'm ten minutes away from downtown, and but I have two acres. It's one of these things. Of nice. Like, yeah. Well, the the town just kind of grew out, you know, and yep. and. Uh, they couldn't develop this property, and so it's just kind of like it's just a big rectangle behind my house. So that's you know two acres, and it, so it's pretty cool because I I get all the rac, uh, not raccoons, I get all the deer and and all that, and I and I have definitely have the property to, um, you know, well if shit goes down, I can grow my own food. Sure, you know, yeah. Uh, right now, I just have a bunch of of walnut trees that drop crap everywhere. Oh man, but walnut trees are the worst, man. They suck. They like, suck. I hate those pokeberry tree things too. They drop the little pokeball things. Yeah, those the spiked balls. What the fuck are about those wh- things? Um, the g- gumballs. The um, yeah. I, I always call them gum gumballs. I, I don't, actually don't even know what they things. are. But um, but walnuts are like they're they're freaking heavy, and so yeah. like in in the fall, like it's almost like I just need to wear my hockey helmet to go out into the field just to walk around, you know, because like I might get some shit dropped on me. Right. Ah, sweet gum, chestnut. Yeah, that is sweet gum. Buckeye. They all drop Not a buck some eye. kind Buckeyes of... Buckeyes are cool, though. Buckeyes get rounded as they age, but they're, like, really spiny when they're green. And I'm so I don't sure think they're... I ever made it past Tenderfoot, by the way. Oh, in the Scouts? Yeah. I had a great time, though. It was all them sweet gum trees. I wasn't in Scouts to, like, be in Scouts. I was in Scouts to, like, have friends. Yeah. <laughs> I was, uh homeschooled when i transitioned from cub scouts to boy scouts so it was like one of my few outlets so i had like there was no i wasn't going anywhere else yeah i wasn't about to lose that and it was even like my troop was in the the church i went to already so i was just like all right oh yeah my troop uh, eventually moved to the church that i went to which was convenient yeah so uh was that in Kearney? yep so did you grow up churchy oh yeah definitely yeah me too all the way like I played piano in church till I was, well, basically till I graduated high school. I played drums in church for kind of that same period. I yeah. don't remember when I stopped playing drums in church, but it was there was some point where it did happen. I can't remember. Can't remember. Now, Lori, exactly. you're from the East Coast, so you probably weren't like as churched up as we were. Yeah, that's right. I went to Sunday school really young, and the kids were out of control, so I got pulled out. <laughs> like our parents are like, we don't want you around those rowdy kids. Wait, it wasn't you? <laughs> you never know. <laughs> but they pulled me out. And then uh, when my mom died, I was 14, and my family decided we should go back to church. So I formed a youth group, though. That was cool. Oh, so you had a parent die early? Yes. And w- was she your custodial parent at the time? No, no. I uh, actually thought she was my sister. Because my grandparents adopted me, mm-hmm. so it was real weird uncovering so I, that. Well, yeah, sorry about that. I, I didn't mean to like bring it up weird, but um, 
I like my dad passed away when I was 12. Dang. So I kind of like, but, and he was not my custodial parent either. Like my parents had been divorced by then, but it still was like one of those things like kind of fucks you up early, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, I still feel like I'm dealing with the grief. I, Only because of Buffy, the vampire slayer. Okay, well, that like ripped open the wound the other night. Oh, but <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't really feel like I'm still dealing with the grief myself, but it, it, it does affect me as a parent. Mm-hmm. Uh, just that like I never want my kids to go through what I went through. Yeah, I've said that to Spence so many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. All right. Well, that was a bummer. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude. Hey, man. Well, yeah, yeah. My church experience is not very deep. Yeah. I, a lesbian I'm, reverend. Know, yeah, I had a lesbian reverend. It was a. Um, I, it was the North Congregational Church, so congregationalist, I guess. I was raised Methodist, so I don't think they actually allowed lesbians until like a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's like causing a big international ruckus so uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the Mes- methodist church they're all, yeah they're not doing well right now yeah africa um, is upset africa you, you actually you're dialed into that were you methodist i was not but uh all of the girls i wanted to have a chance with were and so that's kind of <laughs> good luck with it. that oh my god it was not i was in best. youth group with them and i didn't have a chance come yeah. on yeah i know well i was not in their youth group so i had a slightly better chance at least that was the, uh, good, that was the math. That was the back of the napkin math I did. Yeah. Well, you like, let, let's, uh, why don't you come over to this uh, passion play? Because it will freak you Methodists <laughs> out. <laughs> you you got to keep trying, man. I was always You trying. Methodists are like, you're so used to reading books. Come over to this passion play. We're going to teach about the devil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what could go wrong? Uh, by the way, if you guys have a question out there in... Uh, Radio Land for the good Reverend Dr. Pfeiffer. You can always call 816-607-3663 and leave that question on our voicemail line and we'll play it for him. And I actually have a couple already. Do you? I do. You want to hear oh, one? Yeah, absolutely. Hit here, me with a voicemail. Here it comes. Oh man, Sunday. Uh Christopher yeah. Battles. So uh Spencer or Lauren, if you could just forward this over to the bowl with or yeah, the, the bowl with buds. Uh, vocal mail, you know, so it gets on that proper life. You know, oh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, do that little thing. Appreciate it. Uh, Reverend and doctor, I mean, that's that's just amazing. You know, how how long did the studying take to, to get there? Um, you know, get get those get those official documentation so it's all legal, legal and whatnot. Not long, and, I just uh, talk on my ass. You know, have you ever had a job <laughs> where both of them collided? You know, you're, you're a part reverend and part doctor at the exact same time. That, you know, yeah. And uh, what about your interest into uh, folk music with that uh, rusty, dusty apples, dude? Uh, like, yeah, what, what you got? What, what got you into? Uh, apologize for the background noise, all of a sudden. Uh, what got you into the? Or when did you get into uh, folk music exactly? Like, and uh, yeah, so I feel like that's not a such a common uh, common thing nowadays, you know. We're not blowing into the the milk jugs and uh, playing on the washboard and whatnot. So, anywho, yeah. All right. Well, Rev Doctor, DeLorean, and Sir Spencer, appreciate y'all. Love you guys. That dangerous. And, uh, you know, whether or not it's just been a no agenda day or it's it's always a no agenda day. But, you know. Yeah. 
whatever. Just go ahead and give a little Wow, that was a several questions. Thank you, for, uh, Christopher Battles. Christopher Battles. Um, a champion. So I think we kind of covered the origin story of the Folk Hour. Indeed. But if he, um, he's asking about how I sort of came uh, to being the Reverend Doctor on the Folk Hour. Yeah. Um, my stepdad was always, in, I mean, he was like a 70s music guy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he was always into um, Neil Young, Bob Dylan, uh, Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, um, America. So, like, just kind of growing up, I always had kind of that 70s folk rock. Sure. There. Like, you know, we'd drive to St. Louis to go watch the blues play or something like that, you know? And that would, that's what would be in the car. And so I never really thought of it as my music, until I got a little bit older and I'm just like, I really like this music and, um, and going into, you know, thinking about doing the show and, and what I wanted to do with the show. It, it was really, that's kind of where I came back to is just like, that's my touch point mm-hmm. is, is that seventies folk seventies, uh, oh, even going to like the metal moment with, with the, the rev. I'm, um, my favorite metal band is, uh, is Iron Maiden. Nice. Yeah, so it's it's just all seventies shit. I don't even know where it comes from, other than like that's just kind of what I grew up with with my stepdad. It was just a very great time in music. I kind of grew up with a lot of that shit too. Not only with uh, um, records around, but also working construction, and it was just classic rock on the radio the whole time, you know. And yeah, mostly seventies. Um, like a little bit of hair eighties blends in, and like some early 60s stuff that kicked it all out but probably 85 to 90 percent of that rotation was the 70s <laughs> yeah which is kind of a golden and, age and even like going to see uh sir chris fox with hairball yep um you know I, I took my well you guys met her you know my my lady friend yes um and she's you know four or five years younger than i am and she tr- like she was all in on hairball she loved it. They put on a killer show, and it's like uh, those songs are just songs that have permeated the culture. But so it really well. kind of, yeah, it really kind of like, like she was going, like she was dancing and, you know, yeah, <laughs> throwing her hands in the air and woohoo and all that. And I was just like, this is a little after my time. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> I had a great time. <laughs> not saying I didn't, but uh, these goddamn kids. But yeah, you know, poison and and um, mega not mega death. Mega death is my time. Um, well, they do a Queen uh, set and they do a yeah a, a Bon Jovi. That's more eighties for sure. Um, but arena rock like wasn't really my thing. Sure, like theater rock is kind of my thing. Theater rock. <laughs> no wonder people that, uh, you and Booberry get along so well. Yeah. Well, he's also really funny. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. And um, super creative. Like, he's doing amazing things. Oh, fucking A. Like, between you and him, you guys are really running with scissors. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. He uh, He's a great motivator and um, partner in the journey, no doubt. Yeah, it, it, like anytime, it seems like anytime any new feature is rolled out, he's just like... 
well, I don't really need this. I'm going to find a way to use it. Yeah, I know. Yep. He's always jamming me. He's like talked me into uh, uh, actually considering some of the tags that I was just like, man, I don't really give a shit about this. He's like, well, you know, you do this and you could just attach it there. Like a perfect example is the the comment root stuff. Um, cross app comments. The cross app comments thing, which I like. I, uh, the hot topic. It's it a hot topic. Impossible for me to care less. <laughs> Physically impossible for me to care less about cross app comments. But yeah, I uh, kind of agree. Boobs is like uh, the perfect guy who could come in and be like, "Well, but you could just use it like this, and then you know that actually works for your setup." <laughs> And I'm like, damn it, I know you're right. Every time I hear stuff like cross-app comments, I'm just like, when have I actually looked at comments? Comments are like the absolute lowest form of human communication. <laughs> like, I think farting... I go on, I'm on YouTube all the time. When's the last time I actually read the comments? I think farting in Morse code probably has more meaningful communication value than a cross-app comment. <laughs> because really, I mean, boostergrams are the new comment i mean it's yeah exactly like it's all for us it's all solved we have a troll room we have a boostagram and we have a voicemail line like that's and like if you don't like any of those three you can send us an email and complain about it you know and then uh ba boom ba bam it also yeah. really uh activated my almonds when uh he, uh booberry kind of pointed out like you can link anything on the fetty as that base comment for your post or whatever so like your uh cross app comments can be uh anchored to some like controversial or relevant uh toot <laughs> and uh you can kind of fan flame wars in a certain way with it which is also interesting right like i'm like okay that's interesting as well most of my controversial controversial people like just drop out mm. well it's, i mean you guys talk to effortless where's he at now uh, That's a good question. I think he might have a secret sock puppet, but I don't know. I don't know. His his heat comes when he's over here, so it's like, I don't know. He probably uh, isn't going to tell me what his name is. Or maybe it's a secret. I don't know. <laughs> it's like right after you guys' last show. I know. He got the he axe ghosted. so fast. He ghosted. It was like uh, his account was just gone. Yeah. Well, uh, that's what you get when you're on No Agenda Social and you shit on Adam, Adam Curry. Yeah. It was just... Because he kind of uh, did. Yeah just all unnecessary i don't know i think it's just a matter of it's not it's a, it's just a matter of perspective and uh like i get like i've been frustrated with plenty of people that i love and respect you know in my life oh absolutely um but then there's like okay what can we do about it or learn from it and in the sense of uh when it's like a radio personality or a podcast personality you know it's like you know i don't know they're kind of an arm's well, length away, you know? It's not like... Uh, it's different from, yeah. like, a buddy you hang out with every day. And uh, I think that uh, he might have let his emotions get to that it's like a buddy that I have uh, hang out with every day type level, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I just, like... Uh, I, it, what is the word for it when you, like, feel like you're close to a celebrity, but you're not? Uh, delusional? <laughs> <laughs> I think the word is delusional. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. But yeah, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just got oh, lost man. there for a second. I'm sorry. sorry. I didn't mean to derail everything. Uh, no, nah, man, I don't know. Is it, uh, is it but, coming on here and talking that gets him in hot water? If so, then I've, uh, I'm sorry. 
but uh, <laughs> I don't care. I want everybody to like, I enjoy people who are uh, shouting at clouds and it's like yeah. fr- fruitless, you know? Cause like I can, I just have this curse of being able to see so many angles and so many sides. Like I can empathize with everyone. Yeah. And with, uh, with just we a talked few about it. shining exceptions, I guess. <laughs> we kind of talked about it earlier. It's like you can follow people and not agree with them every time. Yes, exactly. Um, like effortless. He's a funny guy. Like he posts some funny stuff. Yeah. Do I agree with him every time? No. Right. Do I argue with him when I don't agree with him? No. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I do every once in a while. There's people that are, it's pointless to argue with that. I will also take the bait. Um, is sometimes over half you know, the time I take the bait, like guys like CSB me. guys. Yeah. Like, that's uh, who gets me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's totally pointless to, uh, argue on the Fetty with CSB, but I've, I've done it many times and it's always fun for me. I don't know. It's like, uh, <laughs> and half the time he just deletes his post. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I didn't know that. <laughs> Little post deleter. Come on. Come on. He must be having an absolute ball right now though. Cause AI is just, uh, so hot. Yeah. It's, it's a, yeah. I'm just, it's, so hot. it's just everywhere. Everybody's rubbing their ass on AI right now. Well, and everybody's just, freaked out about it too right yeah that's the one thing they're like everything is going to change it's like well that's like the a guarantee fear, like, like the like fear mongering is is strong yeah yep. i know people keep saying like it's like some real uh skynet shit this thing is a skynet shit and i'm like no it's just kids cheating on their homework it's like dude you can <laughs> easily break it with no effort to make it stupid or to make it you know tell you what it's not supposed to all the kind of you know like it's just a software program, people. I mean, if governments start using it to make decisions, that is a problem. Oh, yeah, but, definitely. Yeah. No doubt about that. Oh, but, but when it's just like at the at the current state, I I just it's just I can't get my dick hard about AI. I mean, I, come on. I agree. I agree. They're trying to push a lot more at work, and it's kind of like coming from marketing rather than. It's just a program. Yeah, it's like a tool, you know. Um, I think that any kind of legitimate use case could be something like a, uh, maybe a more sophisticated or more interactive version of rubber duck uh, development, mm-hmm. uh, where with rubber duck, you're just talking to an inanimate object. Uh, I think the trap is that because there is a response and it's like, um, it's all designed to be like this intelligent response, then the trap there is kind of taking uh i don't know taking heed in it or putting too much faith in it and right uh i don't know we tried to come up with this like really simple tutor and uh, to just have it like give us code examples that had errors in it and we were supposed to spot the errors and like half the time it would just present us code that was all technically correct and we'd be like there's no error there and then be like yes you're right there's no error and you're like i told you to make errors and then i'd point the errors out and then the errors they'd point put in there were so trivial, and it could only come up with like two or three examples, and then it would like give you the same one again. Now, I I have been thinking about maybe being able to leverage AI at my job uh, because I my day job I work support for software, and a lot of our documentation is just like it's just like a SharePoint with hundreds of. Uh, word documents you know what i mean mm-hmm. so like having an ai just ingest all those and being able to ask it a question yeah would be useful 
C-Dubs points out Isobot is AI with its, uh, you know, speech recognition, transcript building, and finding stuff on the fly. The the thing that really just is eye-rolling right now is that when people are hyping on AI, they're actually hyping on chat GPT in specific as one specific. product. Specific, yes. And there's just so much other AI that's been around. Like IntelliSense. I've been, we've had IntelliSense the whole time, and it's been getting better and better in the um, Microsoft coding programs and other things like that, you know. Uh, it's never even on the radar. When people talk AI, they're just talking chat GPT and LLMs. Yeah. And, um, and it's not really even AI. Like, it's not thinking. Right. It's, it's, a, not, it's a program. Right. It's a program. Mm-hmm. Isobot's a program. Chat GPT's a program. Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, taking an input and giving you an output based on the input and the rules. And yes, it's it's getting very like it's get, getting very good. So it's not like you know running a bash script or something like that, right? But, yeah, it can handle more complexity. You know, I don't know. It's just weird how people are like uh, the reactions to it and the demand for it. It's like uh, oh, we have to have this AI content so that people know that it's part of the content. <laughs> like all right. Okay. It's kind of like um, it has weight because people are putting so much weight on it. Yeah. Because, well, that's the VC. It's like the Web3 of now, you know? Yeah. Web3 had a hot 18 months and uh, no one ever fucking talks about it anymore. That's just where we're at. So, how are the kids doing? Great. John just had a birthday. Yeah, I saw that. Numero dos. And Sam's doing great. Oh, yeah. Yep. I haven't heard him yet, so you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's snoozing. So, do you guys have plans for more? Unofficially. We need okay, a tiebreaker. Like, sorry, that might be a little too... too uh... No, it's all good. Yeah, no, that's fine. I was going to let Lorraine answer, because she always says the same thing. Yeah, then we need a tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. I would like a tiebreaker. Yeah. that's Well, you know, I had my son first, and then I had a daughter, and I was just like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got the match set already. There we go. Nice. But, uh, you know, my kids are, are both teenagers now, so. Yeah, it's cool always having a baby <laughs> around. <laughs> I couldn't imagine, ha- like, so, you know, uh, I, I mentioned, you know, that I've got my lady, mm-hmm. and uh, she, she's moved in this month. So, you know, we're living together oh, now. Congrats. Yeah, thanks. It's It's been great. Um but we both have teenagers, and so the the idea of like starting a new family together is just like no, no, <laughs> we're pulling out. <laughs> because uh, like once you get the kids to a certain age where they're like relatively self sufficient, yeah, the idea of going is... back to have like an infant, yeah, it, it, even though like we, <laughs> I mean, it'd be cool to like put more of ourselves into the world, yeah. Um, it's it's at that point we're just like nah nah, let's yeah. just uh, enjoy our our later life at this point. Sure, yeah, that's another thing that's just a different journey for everybody, you know. Like, yeah. Uh, well, I'm a I'm I'm roughly ten years older than you, so. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I don't know. We've uh, avoided a lot of the uh, annoying parts of having multiple kids just by having them all in a row. Like, yeah. Like if somebody uh, has a kid and then three years later has a kid and has to go back to diapers, for instance, like once, yeah. you know, we've been, we've been putting diapers on kids for six years now almost. And, uh, 
you might as well just it's keep just, it rolling while it's, it's just, going. Exactly. You know? It's just a regular thing. Like it's always been this way now. But yeah, but, but going from kids that can basically have their learner's permit for driving and then like in an infant, I'm like, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense, man. It makes sense. It would be a tough uh, little like uh, kid whiplash. So you're like an old to... man at their graduation and stuff. She's like RH negative and I'm an A positive anyway, so it wouldn't probably be a healthy kid okay. to begin with. But That's without so... medical intervention, which is like, you know, Fuck medical in- intervention. I agree. Yep. Um, well, obviously, yeah, you, you guys have been doing those uh, home births, which is yeah. admirable, and you're homeschooling as well. Lots of home stuff, yeah. Decentralized. I just do yeah. it all of myself, because like, there's one thing about bitching about how fucked everything is, but then there's another thing uh, when you're like, all right, well, <laughs> not yeah, only can it, I remove myself from most of that, I can remove future generations from most of that. If I had to do it over again, I would definitely do more home stuff. Yeah, it's it's cool. Like I uh I had 5 years of that myself and I actually resented it as a young adult, but then kind of grew to appreciate it wildly after having grown up a little as a young adult, you know. Just seeing like and I don't think I would feel that way if it weren't for the pandemic response. Yeah. That was a huge one, man. That was like a Yeah, everything changed. It was kind of eye-opening. It was just like mm-hmm. when your kids are home all the time and they're just like doing stuff on their computers, you're just like, wait, this is what I'm sending them to school for? I can do this. Yeah. I know. That's the one wild thing that people always used to bug my mom about when I was a kid. It was like, well, are you qualified? You know? And it's like, fuck, have you been to a school in the last, like the school I left, uh, I went and started homeschooling in fourth grade and like elementary school is a joke, even when you're a little kid. Like we're coloring and cutting out a paper and they're trying to put duck feet on you. The hardest shit is like, uh, you know, the addition and subtraction that you get into. I don't even think they hit multiplication till third grade. And just watching the kids struggle during like when they got sent home, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you start to like, okay, the, the real benefit of public schooling is, is literally the socialization. And if, Right. <laughs> they're not getting good social like it, Yeah, well now they're all socialized to Right. The, not the, know what gender they are, what's their sexuality is, other. but like be pressured into having a sexuality at all, you know, like Yeah, it's gotten real ass weird. It's just super weird, super goofy. So it's, it's one of those things like if but you know, um I'd go Sometimes I'd like, I had a flexible work schedule. So sometimes I'd like go ice skating over my lunch break, you know yeah. what I mean? At the, at the ice park. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd see the groups of homeschoolers there and they'd all like different families. They'd all go ice skate together. And so there are structures outside of public school to socialize your children. Oh yeah. Yep. They're, they're a shitload. And, and not like socialization, like, you know, Mao, but like, <laughs> You mean but, you, you know, starve there, there, them? What? <laughs> there are options for your children to have friends outside of a right. public school setting. Yeah, it's called having a hobby. It's like how anybody has a fucking friend, you know? Like, um, you find once you get into adulthood and then you're no longer in college, like, you still have friends. You still meet with people and do stuff if you want to. Well, shit, if the government shuts you down and, like, you don't have any friends anymore, you can just get on No Agenda Social in the troll room and yeah. all of a sudden you got new friends. There's friends all over. 
and and then once those uh, mandates lift, you can meet your friends. You can go uh, mini golfing with them, or even before. Uh, yeah. The the hilarious, I think, the most fucking hilarious part of the whole pandemic was that, uh, like, none of the uh, sex clubs got shut down. They <laughs> all kept going. But they had to, like, not have a cheese and cracker tray or some shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> it was, like, the extent I remember, of it. I'm like, wait a goddamn second. Everybody bitching that, like, the brown derbies were still open. Like, how was the brown derby an essential uh, business or whatever, you know? Yeah. That's like, you, you realize, like, 15% of people in this country are alcoholics. Right. You want them going through, they all going through withdrawal at the same time? I hate That's that. That's bad. I hated the whole pick winners and losers, like, of what's essential. Yeah. You know? Yeah, just the word essential. Yeah. yeah, I worked in banking, so obviously, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, essential they sent us, fuck. They just sent us home. Yeah. And I never, I never came back. That was a, one of the beauties, I think, of the whole uh, uh, corona meltdown was how much more work got done from home? Because we've been doing that for a while. It was hard for me at first because um, I really enjoyed the separation between work and at home. Mm-hmm. And so that the initial, it was almost an initial shock of, of working from home because all of a sudden you're like, I'm sitting here at my desk at, at home and I just look around my house. I was like, okay, well, I need to wash those dishes I've got some dog hair on the floor over there that I need to clean. So it's just like just all the distractions. Right. That um, I I didn't have at work. But now that I'm like, now I'm just like, oh, I can just wake up and th- throw some shorts on and, you know, go sit at my desk. It's, <laughs> it's tight. Like, <laughs> yeah. The commute is unbeatable. Commute is unbeatable. And, uh, you know, even in my car, you know, I've got a Jetta. It gets like 30 miles a gallon in, in town. Tight. But, yeah, that's killer. Yeah. Uh uh, uh, manual transmission master race, by the way. Oh, absolutely! I have a manual Jetta out in the gr- uh, driveway. But uh, when I had to, re- so my old car, I had an RSX, and I drove it for 15 years. Dang, that's awesome! Yeah, uh, six-speed manual. But um, hell yeah, definitely. Like, it got to the point where it's like, this is going to require more work than it's actually worth. Yeah, and, and I'd still like not have a great car. Sure. <laughs> I left the uh I left the sunroof open a couple nights and it rained and you know the the seats are all split and you know it's just like so it's one of those things it's like it's still not going to be a great car. And so I was just like, oh, okay, get a new car. But <laughs> one of my things was definitely like I really want a manual transmission still. Sure. And so I abs- I've, and, I've and also in, like I've been insistent on that a few times in car purchases, including my first one. And also like not having so much tech. Yeah. It's really nice. So like I was pretty happy buying a base model manual transmission transmission Jetta. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's great. It's fucking great. And it's really really grown on me. But um you know the 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 old lady, she uh she's got a brand new Altima. So it's got like like all the Tesla stuff basically yep. with a <laughs> it's still got a gas engine, but it's got like all the, the, the huge screen and everything's touch button and yeah. all that. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah. We have I a, don't really in- a new Subaru too, so it's like I've got all the worlds. I've got a 1990 Mitsubishi Mighty Max that's like no power steering, no power windows, no power nothing, all manual. And I got it's a one- fucking new Ascent. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> and I got a few all the way in between at different points. 
But it's like if you start changing lanes on the highway without using your turn signal, it's going to yell at you. I'm right. Just, Fuck off. Oh, I hate the safety shit. That That is annoying as shit. Uh, we like to stay dangerous around here. We do. Uh, speaking of dangerous, there were some boosts that dangerously rolled in, including 1420 from Fletcher out of Fountain, who said, you guys really keep my bowl burning bright. And he sent a link here. Uh, let me make sure this gets played in a browser you can hear it in, too, though. That occurs to me. Here we go. A rip. Bong rips, you know. <laughs> rip. <coughs> oh, I think he's dying. Courtesy of Dame Black Loca. <laughs> oh, nice. Thanks, Fletcher. Nice. Yeah, we were hanging out after the show last week, and I think that's where those ISOs come came from. <laughs> Fantastic. We were we were smoking weed and talking to it. What's that like, smoking weed and talking? With Fletcher. <laughs> well, it happens every Sunday. Yeah, definitely. You can tune into the Hog Story stream after the folk hour, and you can hear us. Uh, being absolute stoned asses. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, the next boost was 10101 sats from C Dubs at a boost CLI. Direct from Node to my Node. I like that. Uh, Wait, BoostBot didn't pick it up though. Oh, did it not? Oh, well, it had no. Yeah, it's right here. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was going to C Dub shit. Oh, BoostBot. <laughs> oh, man. Everything runs on C Dubs around here. Well, C-Dub's infrastructure. So uh, we appreciate him a lot, obviously. Uh, and then this latest boost you just heard three minutes ago, Slap the Bulls Hell yeah. from Sir I'm ready TJ for this the one. Raffle. I saw it. Uh, he said, here's a random question. He's coming out of Podverse, by the way, for 19,190 sets. Uh, random question. Do you like, do y'all like hockey or any sports? I've come to be disgusted by how uh, much people get paid to play sports and sort of see it as a scam to get our money, but I'm very guilty of loving hockey, LOL. As a kid, I wanted to play hockey. Instead, I played banjo. Hmm. Big LOL <laughs> for that one. Uh, loving these playoffs, go Panthers, LOL, from Sir TJ the Wrathful. Any sports? You just a big sports guy? I, you know, I'm not really a big sports, like, not a big watching sports guy. Yeah. Um, but to answer his question directly, I love hockey. Hockey's and fun. Um, one of the things I, I've taken advantage of being in, in a city like Springfield that is big enough to support like ice rinks and things like that is that I have played adult league hockey, like beer league hockey, and it's nice. fun as shit. I've only played roller hockey as a kid, but I never got on uh, ice. I've been ice skating, you know, maybe a half dozen times. I've really, it's, it's been like, it's probably been four years since I've been on the ice and I really like, I've got my ice skates like just sitting over there in the other room and I really need to get back into it. Like, um, honestly, like I'm at this, at this point in my life, 42 years old, I'm I'm starting, starting to get old. Mm. Like the, the things that worked well before don't necessarily work well anymore. Yep. Like I'm just not, I've been like being, contemplating being healthy that, that is not it. Being healthy is just not easy mode anymore. Right. And so like I've been thinking about needing to exercise more, eat better, uh pay attention to my gut health. 
Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Um, and so, yeah, I, I actually like to get back into playing. But, but you know, watching hockey's fun. I've been. I, I haven't really been watching these playoffs. I. Um, I'm also rooting for the Panthers, like uh, Sir TJ the Wrathful. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're playing. They're playing a, a great playoffs. So they're they're into the finals. Um, but yeah, I've, I've, I really want to get back into playing hockey. I think. Yeah. Playing sports is hella fun. The whole pro sports thing. Um, I'm, uh, I don't like follow stuff or know what's going on, uh, except for if there's another introduction to it, you know, and my dad watches lots of sports. So usually when I'm catching sports, it's up there. Um, and once I'm sitting in front of a game, like I can easily get into it and have fun and, you know, get invested in a game. Right. Uh, but I also am just, you know, aware of like the obvious bullshit and thumbs on scales and, uh, Oh yeah. I'm not buying tickets. I'm not buying merch. Yeah. Or anymore. Or like I've got a couple of blues jerseys. Like yeah. But yeah, I, I don't get monetarily invested in, yeah. in sports. Other than if I'm actually playing them, it's it is. I will say uh, there's a lot of magical aspects wrapped around it, though. That uh, I think it's silly to not. Uh, well, yeah, you listen to and, higher side chats. Yeah, I've heard that episode. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like uh, there are big, humongous spells that your whole city is involved with. You know, so like uh, there's a big part of community. Like when your fucking team wins, you know. Oh, absolutely! It yeah. ripples well, through. I mean, it's a it's a thing. Kansas City was lit this last year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get the parade and you get like all that like. Mm-hmm. And we did uh, it. Uh, the Mahomes the, worship the last time around too. Yeah, the Mahomes man. It's it's nice to have like a little hero and stuff, you know. <laughs> He's like, I don't really care about the money. Homie is making forty five million a year. It must be fucking <laughs> nice to not have to care about the money. <laughs> it must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. That's so funny. I saw this article the other day where there's like, oh, these other quarterbacks are making more than Mahomes now. And it's just like Mahomes is making forty five million a year. <laughs> right. Well, he helped all those guys get raises, you know, like Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's the thing, you know, it generates that much money, so like um is it a scam to get our money? Absolutely. That's why they sell twelve fifty dollar, uh, twelve fifty Bud Lights, you know, at the stadium. Like, it goes into every single fucking aspect of it, um, and on a grand scale too. All of the gambling shit, <laughs> like, hello, yeah, uh, that's a whole industry, man. Well, yeah, and uh, like you've been in, like I don't do that, but you've been into that, right? Uh, not the sports gambling. No, I stick not to sports gambling. I stick okay. to cards and dice. Cards and dice is what I like. I skip to like a scratcher every now and then. Yeah, I've done some scratchers. <laughs> and then like Powerball when it gets really high, just to like have a dream. Yeah. <laughs> be like, what would I do if I if I won the Powerball? And it'd pretty much be like, I'd buy a Baco mm. and a car that looks like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just, you know, we got so many mega churches around here. Uh-huh. I just like every Sunday, just like park it outside some kind of mega church and just like, uh, I want a I want a car that looks like a like a, like an Oscar Wire Meyer Wiener mobile, <laughs> except for it's a dick, and then like it shoots foam out the front, <laughs> and then I just park it out front in churches and basically, uh, bitch, I'm a reverend. <laughs> well, and then they should like, y- you want me not to park my car here? Well, that's gonna cost you. Oh my god, <laughs> you already got exit strategy, man. 
I do. It, it, it's an exit strategy that involves me winning the lottery. Mm-hmm. So um, Those are the best kind, honestly. Because then you don't have to exit. It's nice to stick. I like staying in the game. <laughs> I feel like it keeps right. me on my toes, man. It keeps me sharp. Uh, this next caller, I think, is kept sharp. All right. This is Bowen Butts. Fletcher. This is Busty Apples. Busty Apples. Busty. They call me Busty for a reason. Oh. I was looking for a cipher. I thought I heard his big, sexy voice in him. I've seen pictures of Busty, man. <laughs> He's got you better big believe boobs, it. doesn't he? Yeah, I knew it. It's so big, Nick. You know, Hold on, let me back up. I'm sorry. I stopped. Right. <laughs> no. I want my panties big. They're so big. <laughs> you know, I don't wear a bra, but then, you know, my boobies already be fabulous and I'm only 19. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. Mmm, bossy apples. She wasn't wearing anything. Oh, man. I just want you to know that I have a busty apples poster on my wall. Oh, so. fantastic. Yeah, I know. So it's like, uh, and, uh, you're probably even a bigger fan of busty than busty is of you. It's like Farrah Fawcett, if Farrah Fawcett was busty apples. Okay. I can, I can dig it. I'm, I'm there with it. <laughs> I got nothing, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Blame it on the weed. Blame I'm all out of weed. funny at this point. I don't know. Wow, we should never admit I'm that. I'm not out, out of loud. funny. I'm good. Never admit that out loud, man. Back in the saddle, man. I'm good. You always just got to bullshit it, man. Like, oh yeah, we could fucking do this thing forever. We could uh, totally like. It's live radio. I didn't mean to say that. Bimrose doesn't ever go like, how do we end these things? You know, just like <laughs> come in all smooth with a rescue or anything. Well, fuck, man. Oh, shit. Kill it. Stop it. Wait. We have a last-minute voicemail. Do we? Oh. oh, shit. All right. Let me get a last-minute bowl here. Last-minute bowl for a last-minute voicemail. Oh, yep. man. Everyone is trying to save Pfeiffer. Like, Do I oh, need my save God. Him? He Did said I? he ran out of funny. Get in there right now. <laughs> go, 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 go. No, I'm just fucking with you, man. Uh, you, you never run out. You never run out. You just think you do. Uh, and it always comes around. As the bull gets passed around, as this caller sparks another got? one. I'm really enjoying you guys talking on this lovely holiday weekend. At least here it is. It's like, oh, it's going to be like 70 still. But uh find out a lot about uh, Reverend uh, Dr. Pfeiffer. Um, and I boosted too, so hopefully um, it will uh, go towards him completing his goal of, uh, I think, I think if he, <clears throat> if you find a girl that looks like the dick, it, the only one I can think of is Oscar Mayer Wiener bit mobile. So <laughs> right. be exactly. Awesome to, yep. To have someone pull up to the uh, doing any meetup in the Oscar Mayer Wiener mobile. So in the ball, love you guys too. Oh, love you. Yeah, we love you. Hell yeah. Ned, terrific, Ned. Uh, His boost. I, w- I was looking for a boost, and there is one that says "Great Show" two hours ago. Great show. Thanks, Nat Ned. To the Bull After yeah, thanks. Bowl of Fountain. And he also listens to the Folk Hour. Yeah, definitely. And he supports us there, too. So I think I saw one come for the... Uh, oh, I, I see the Hog <laughs> Story music, gotta... jams, and poetry slams things coming through. I see it. Okay. 
apparently I said some stuff that uh, needed ISOing. Oh yeah, people ISO about you, the man. dick car. If it's a car and a dick, man, a dick on wheels? Are you kidding me? Bowlers love that kind of shit. Right in the front, just the front uh, driveway, just right there. Yeah, I like the, I like the foaming, real foaming action. <laughs> That's uh, required. I have my dreams. Some of my favorite shows are the ones that we have to end twice <laughs> because they're so nice, and that has happened here tonight. Yeah, uh, I've really enjoyed being with you guys. Likewise, uh, man. It's always we, we good hung, to hang and. Yeah, we've hung out a couple times. You know, we haven't really had a really deep conversation yet yeah. until tonight. Well, uh, many more to come. I'm sure. I'm sure. Of it. Sure, I'll be. Uh, I'll, I'll be here in Springfield. I'm the Reverend Doctor Pfeiffer, and I am Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. Thanks, Bowlers, for hanging out today, and. Uh, We'll be back at it on Tuesday, 9 Central as usual, on the Bowl After Bowl stream and on the No Agenda stream right after DH Unplugged wraps up. So we will see you then. Mm-hmm. And I've been Dame DeLorean. Till next time, bowlers. May your bowls burn ever brighter. Did you see her breath? I'm just a nigga that loves titties. It is on, folks. It is on. It is on. I consider it an invasion. These people are sick. I'm sick of your fucking smoke. That guy's fucking right. Full of shit. I like money. I, 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 I like money. Hey, listen, you dicks, send money. Do you know how bad you sound? Listen to you. You'd know that if you'd ever listened to my podcast. That laugh is a stoner's laugh. Bowl after bowl.com. Bowl after bowl.com.